This is Mr. Gleason here. We are doing the final podcast for Unit 3. This podcast is on refraction. So first of all, you've got some information on refraction. First of all, uh, when a wave that is traveling at an angle changes its speed upon crossing a boundary between two media, it bends. What does that mean? If over here we have air and over here we have glass, and light comes in at this angle, then it's going to bend. Here's our normal. Normally it would go off this way, but it's actually going to bend and move off in a direction towards the normal. Okay? And it's when it crosses the boundary right here. It doesn't bend through the glass, it bends when it enters the glass. Alright? Uh, the same thing can happen with waterways. They'll bend or refract when part of each wave is made to travel slower or faster than another part. This will happen with waterways. You can see this happen in the ocean uh, if the, um, the ground of the, at the bottom of the ocean is different heights in different places. The wave will wrap around or change its direction, curve a little bit. All right. The name for this, for bending of a wave when it crosses a boundary, is refraction. So refraction is bending. Reflection was bouncing off. Refraction is bending when it goes in. All right, in wave drawings, wave fronts are lines that are drawn to represent the positions of different crests. So that might mean we're going something like this. That's just there in case we see that. I don't believe I'll be using that today, but just in case. So let's talk about refraction of light specifically because that is one of the most um, important parts of refraction that we'll talk about. All right, and changes in the speed of the light as it passes from one medium to another. All right, as we go from air to glass, or air to water, or air into a diamond, or even from outer space into air to a small extent, or even changes in temperature and density of the same medium. In other words, hot to cold water, hot air to cold air, so on and so forth. That will cause refraction. When light enters a medium in which the speed decreases, all right, so if the speed decreases, the ray bends towards the normal. This is what I drew on the previous slide. There's your normal. Light normally would come in and travel in that direction, but it will bend towards the normal and actually travel off at an angle something like that. Alright, so this is air. This is, let's say, glass. Alright, when light ray enters a medium which the speed increases, as in going from water to air, the ray bends away from the normal. In other words, if we have, uh, in this case, water to air, the light's coming from the water, Normally, it would continue on in this manner. It's going to bend away from the normal. Remember, the normal is a line perpendicular to the surface of whatever it is we're talking about. So you've got a picture here, or a diagram, I should say, of a substance or of a ray entering a different medium. And notice in this case, as it enters the medium, it would continue on in this manner, except that it is bending towards the normal. That means the medium one 
has a speed that is greater than medium 2. Let's say we have a block. Let's look at this a little bit more clearly. You've seen this in the lab, if you've done this lab yet. When light enters a, let's say, a block, now we would normally think it would just, if it just moved on at normal, whatever, in its normal path, it would continue on in that manner right there. But if this is acrylic, and of course it's in air, then acrylic is going to be slower, so it needs to bend. This is the normal line. It needs to bend towards the normal, so it might move on something like that. Now, we're at another surface over here at the bottom of the block. Again, normally we might think that it would continue on like this, but it needs to bend away from the normal, which means in this case it's going to bend towards the right, and it's going to actually move on like so. Now, what does that end up meaning? That means that this angle right here, up at the top, is equal to this angle way down here at the bottom. It actually comes in and exits at the same angle. In other words, this actual line and this expected line are at the same angle or in the same direction. They are parallel to each other. It's just shifted because of a change uh, when it bent into the acrylic. This is a way of causing light to move. Now, if we have all kinds of random different surfaces, like a prism, or if we have some, we could have a rectangular prism, uh, something like that. Light would enter the prism like so. Now here's our normal, and it would normally go on this way, so it's going to bend towards the normal. Now at this point, it's going to bend away from the normal, so it ends up actually going off at a different angle. All right, in a rectangular prism like we just saw. It is doing exactly what we said. It bends towards the normal when it enters, and it's bending away from the normal when it exits. But because this surface here and this surface here are not parallel to each other, then it's not going to come out at the same angle. In the acrylic block down here, this surface and this surface are parallel, so it can come out parallel. All right, let's talk about what happens more detail when light enters a prism. Generally, when I've been drawing those lines, that's just talking about a single color or wavelength, actually, or frequency of light, like we'd use with a laser in the classroom. All right, since in reality, you've got different colors of light, and, uh, you know, for instance, white light is made up of all the different colors. Uh, they refract at different angles because there are different frequencies. So they travel at different speeds in the transparent material. Now, that is not true for air. That is not true for a vacuum. Well, it is true for air, but since air's difference is so small, we're not worried about that. So in air and in a vacuum, light travels at the same speed. The speed of light being 3 times 10 to the 8 meters per second. But when it enters a different transparent material like acrylic, glass, water, um, oil, and uh, a diamond especially, it's each color or frequency of light will bend just a little bit differently. 
All right, and that has to do with the natural or resonant frequency and the fact that they are generally in the UV part of the spectrum, closer towards the blues. Higher frequencies, in other words, closer towards the blues, travel more slowly than lower frequencies like red. Now, the slower the speed, the more the bend. So, a higher frequency like blue will bend more than a lower frequency of red. Now, since light, in, as we saw in the previous diagram, bends twice as it enters the boundary, if it's a non-parallel boundary, as in a rectangle or a, a triangular prism or something to that point, all right, you end up with the separation of different colors, which you see in the terms of a rainbow. Now, that is actually called a dispersion. So let's look at that in a little bit more detail. Now if I have a, a white ray of light, we would normally expect it to let me, uh, erase that. Start this over. Alright, so we have light entering a boundary, and I'm going to have it come in just like this. Now, again, normally we would expect it to move off like this. Here's our normal, so we'd expect it to come off at this angle, so on and so forth. Well, since red bends less, red may go off in that direction. Yellow may go off in that direction. And I'm just estimating here. Green could go off in such a direction like that. Notice that I had the blue bending more towards the normal. And this is exaggerated, but again, they're going to continue on. Notice that they start spreading out. Like so. And then again we get to a normal that's going to bend away from the normal. So it's going to go off like that. Again, we still have more bending because there's still more of a change. Now this would be a magnified greatly view. Alright, but you notice that they do spread out as they um, exit the prism again. So what you see is the light comes in and it just ends up spreading out into different colors because as you can see the red bends very little. The yellow bends a little bit more. Once we get to the blue it's bending a lot. I should use the term, proper term. And this is refraction, the bending of light. Alright, now we've got a couple equations to worry about. First one is to find the index of refraction, which we call n. All right, that is equal to the speed of light in a vacuum divided by the speed of the light in that medium. All right, so that's how we can find the index of refraction. All right, and we can use that number right here and right here to find the actual angles at which the light travels. So the index of refraction, let's say we're going from a vacuum to water. Well, the vacuum index of refraction is 1. So it's the same for air. All right, Vacuum and air both have an index of refraction of 1. All right, Water has an index of refraction of about 1.33 approximately. It might be closer to 1.5. Uh, but 
then if we have an angle, let's say 50 degrees in here, we can go ahead and plug this in, which is what we're going to do in the next example, in order to find the angle at which the water comes out, or travels in the water, actually. Comes out of the boundary. Alright, so first of all, we're trying to find the index of refraction here. So, in this example, Hickory, being a watchmaker, is trying to find the index of refraction. So we take the speed of light and divide it by the speed that is given to us. And all we have to do is plug that into our calculator and divide. And I'm going to get that the N, or the index of refraction, is 1.58. There we go. There are no units on N because we're taking meters per second divided by meters per second and those end up canceling out. Alright, so we end up with just a number. Alright, and that is our index of refraction for this crystal. Very simple equation there. Alright, now we have... Oh, I was right about the index of refraction of water. Now, we have a trout, and she's trying to scoop it out of the water with her net, and we want to pick up the fish. So here's Amy, and she's seeing it at 60 degrees. There's our 60 degrees. Now she would apparently see the fish right there. Okay. Now we should know already that the fish is actually going to be somewhere over here because of the bending of light. Now we need to actually find that angle. So I'm going to put that the 1.0 sine 60 degrees. Remember this is air or vacuum equals the 1.33 for water times the sine of the angle. That's the wrong symbol for angle. And then I just solve it out. 1 sine of 60 degrees. And I need to divide that by 1.33. Now the sine of the angle is going to equal 0.65. Now that is not the angle. I need to take the anti-sine of that number and if you do this in your calculator and make sure you do it properly, you should get that the angle is 40.6 degrees. Why is that the case? Well, actually, I drew my angle wrong, first of all, because the 60 degrees is from the normal to the vertical. Okay? And this would be 40.6 right here to the vertical or from the normal. Please remember to draw your angles based on the normal. Alright, now we're trying to find the critical angle. Now, I haven't talked about that yet, but the critical angle is where it's 90 degrees. So we are trying to find uh, light entering the prism. So before the, or in the prism, the angle is 90 degrees. Out of the prism in air is what we're trying to find. All right, 1.58 times the sine of 90 degrees, which is one divide it by 1. So if I take the second sign, sorry, I scratched that right there. I set the equation wrong. It should be 1.58 sine of the angle. We're trying to find the critical angle for the light entering the prism. Okay, notice what I'm doing. Sorry about that. I put my angle in the wrong spot. All right. 
the angle needs to go to air because it's when the light is actually exiting the prism and we don't want it to exit the prism. Okay, so when we're trying to find the critical angle, put the exit or the air on that side. Alright, so that's going to give us doing a little bit of algebra. I should get that the sine of the angle is equal to 0.6329, which is 0.6633. Take the second sign, I should get that the angle of the light in the prism needs to be 39.3 degrees. Last example, we're trying to find the angle refracted into the pool. Then we have the bug come with the light coming in at 35 degrees. All right, so we have one sine 35 equals 1.33 sine of the angle. And we just solve that out. Now the sine of the angle is about 0.43, so you should get that the angle is equal to 25.5 degrees. Any questions, let me know. That is it for Unit 3.